This is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Here we go. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. We're back. <laughs> a little pause there. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. It's been a while. Ed Grady. Yeah, it's been a while. Doing a radio show again. Yeah. Stuff. Someone's got to come. <laughs> Poor Gooch. Boy, I feel sorry for that kid. The Look, Don't feel sorry for him. The Gooch are having listen, to come up early listen, in the morning. I started doing the Saturday shows with Gooch throughout football season out at Treasure Island. And while we were doing those, he he offered. He's like, hey, if you ever need a fill-in, I'd love to do oh. it. Well, then I don't feel sorry for Gooch he, anymore. He wanted to do some sports talk radio, so here we are. That was the goal the entire time. I don't know if he understood it. Three, four straight days, though. It gets to you, huh? It does. The Gooch it gets does to, start it to, to get the to you. In terms of the time. It's not but ideal. Shame. Shame not ideal at all. The first bite. Are the Golden Knights cheating the salary cap? <laughs> Let's get Welcome right back, Ed. Let's get right to Welcome it. Welcome back. Let's get right to it. So Mark Stone is going on long-term IR. Kelly McCrimmon announced that yesterday. Uh, Jack Eichel is going to make his debut tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche. They also announced that yesterday. Um, this is, this means those two facts mean the golden Knights do not have to make a trade. They do not have to get rid of any players to bring Jack Eichel back. Yeah. Technically they are getting rid of Mark stone because he's not going to play. He's going to be a long-term IR, but they're basically just swapping those two salaries for each other. So the golden Knights are effectively taking advantage of the long-term IR. Sure. Salary cap rules in the NHL, which is when a guy's on long-term IR, he doesn't count against the salary cap. We saw the Tampa Bay Lightning do this last year. Do you believe they are cheating the system, gaming the system? I think they're taking advantage of the system. Although I also think he's hurt. So I don't think they're lying about that because if there's one player, I don't think, I guess, would allow that. It would be this guy. Uh, not only as the captain, but as much as he loves playing and as competitive as he is, I don't think they'd bring him in a room and say, wink, wink, how's your back? It's fine. No, it's not. And that's the fascinating part. they would do that. You don't think, so you don't think there would be any, like, agreement with Mark Stone to be like, hey, this is better for the team. That he sits out? You don't think he has a back injury? No, no, no. Okay. Mark Stone very clearly has an injury. Yeah, he has. he's right? injured. He has missed multiple games this year. Right. He has missed games in different segments this year, right? Where he's come back and then sat out again. But he's very clearly been able to play through it to some extent. Uh, he played in the All-Star game. He was shooting pucks on the Bellagio Fountain. That was like, what, a week ago? Uh, he played in the first game back from the All-Star game. The coincidental part is that they just decide to put him on long-term IR the same time Jack yeah. Eichel's ready to yeah. come back. Like it's not a great look. He's been dealing with this for a while. Time. Now. It was like the first five games of the season or something is when he got hurt was the first time he had an injury. So like Jack, or Mark Stone is absolutely hurt. There's no doubt about that, but this is a sport where guys play through injuries all the time. Alec Martinez had a broken foot and played through it in the postseason, right? Guys play through it. It's just very coincidental that the time sure. the Golden Knights decide, hey, we're actually going to sit him out and put him on long-term IR is the same exact day they announced Jack Well, Eichel's do you think it's back. just, it's obviously coincidence, but do you think it's also Mark Stone saying, okay, uh, I need to heal this, and I know who's coming in for me? 
I think that's an easy way to look at it if you're Mark Stone. Like, it, that's the curious part about Mark Stone. Does he care about 30 regular season games? Well, he cares about winning a cup. That's all he cares about. Right. So, like, listen, a lot of players do care about 30 regular season games because you want to compile numbers, especially when you're a good player, right? You don't want to look back and be like, oh, I sat out half a season to help the salary cap, and that's why I ended up with, you know, 15 less goals than I could have had or something like that. So, like, guys want to play. There's no doubt about it. What I think's happening here is Mark Stone is hurt. There's no doubt about it. But it's probably not a two-month-long injury, Right. Two and a half months. Because the way this is going to work out, if he's on long-term IR the rest of the year, he's going to miss, obviously, second half of February, March, April. And then the regular season ends. And Mark Stone is potentially back in May. I think what's happening here is Mark Stone's definitely hurt. There's no doubt about it. He's got an injury. If the Golden Knights didn't have salary cap issues, Mark Stone never goes on long-term IR. I'll I'll believe that. He might miss, some, he might miss some games. He, he might not play games. for a he week or two. He might do what he's been doing, which right. is play through it. And then he comes back yeah. and, and tries to play again. But because they have salary cap issues, because the only way for Jack Eichel to play is for either a trade or for somebody to go on long-term IR, they're putting him on long-term IR, where he might be able to sit out for two or three weeks and come back ready to go. The, the other interesting detail about this is Kelly McCrimmon yesterday saying, it's hard to say exactly what's wrong with Mark Stone's back. <laughs> What? You don't know what's wrong with his back? And like, this is a team that's been very vague, very cautious about giving away yes, injury information. Of course, of course. But when you're already being accused of like playing with the salary cap, cheating the system to come out yesterday and be like, well, it's hard to say what's wrong with his back. Like, come on. I think it's the Golden Knights are absolutely sort of gaming the system here. Well, but, and there's also two, two months here where Stone's not confident he'd be back at March and they're saying May. Right. That That's was the other big quote. Difference he was, there. Yes. And that is why I, I think they're gaming the system, right? Mark Stone sit out for a month, but he'd probably be ready to go in April or something like that. But I will also say this. They should absolutely be gaming the system. This is 100% the best move the organization can make. There is no doubt about it. This is what the Golden Knights should be doing because they are trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. And the alternative to Mark Stone going on long-term IR for the rest of the year is having to trade away Riley, Riley Smith, Smith, Evgeny Dodonov, Shea right. Theodore, Braden Mc... Like, right. you're having to trade off multiple pieces of this roster that can help you win a Stanley Cup. So there is no doubt. I would oh, rather yes. have Mark Stone miss two and a half months and come back in game yeah. one of the playoffs than lose Riley Smith and Shea Theodore, whatever that combination of players was going to be. I much rather just have Stone take two and a half months off and just throw him back in game one of the playoffs. No doubt about it. That is the optimal sure. way for them to win a Stanley Cup. They should be doing this. They, uh, you said with Tampa Bay last year with Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. Exact same thing. Came back for the playoffs. They won the Cup. And that is... And until... Here's the other thing. It's almost like that uh, rule in baseball where if you don't play a certain amount of games, you lose the year on, on, on the end of your contract. Until the rules change, then go ahead and take advantage of it. Until someone can say, no, right. you have to prove something. You have to prove right. he's really hurt. We need to see medicals. You know, we need to see, you need to see proof that he should be on LTI um, long-term because you're bringing Jack Eichel in. Then take advantage of it. You're, if you're an organization in the NHL and you're, like, trying to win the Stanley Cup, obviously some teams are in, you know, rebuilding mode, that type of thing. But you're trying to win the Stanley Cup. You should be doing this. Yes. You should be trying to take advantage of this where you can, the gold or the Tampa Bay lightning did it last year. The golden Knights are about to do it this year. 
You should be trying to so do So what do you think the conversation went with him? With Mark Stone? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously here, but he's saying March, they're saying May. So let's let's assume and McCrimmon saying I don't know if he's going to need surgery. If he right. has back surgery, I don't know when he's going to be back. That's not that's not good. Let's assume everything Kelly McCrimmon said yesterday is true. That Mark Stone was like I I'm not going to be able to play through March, right? That whatever. That I don't know if Mark Stone knows that or his doctor knows that, but whatever. That Mark Stone he can't play through March. They know that for a fact, but they also don't know exactly what the injury is and all that. I can honestly see a situation where they sit down and say, "Listen, you're going to be out a month and a half." You can come back in April and play the last 15 games of the season or whatever they have in April. They basically play the entire month of April. Play for that last month of April. But if you do that, we got to trade these three players. Right. Right. Riley Smith, see you later. Right. Uh, Alec Martinez, see you later. Right. We got to trade these guys away if you want to do that. Or, Mark, you're going to be out through March anyways. Just take another month off, right? Get 100% healthy, come back 100%, and yeah, so you miss 12 games, so you miss 15 games, right? But when you come back in the playoffs... Full full roster. None of these guys are gone. Right. All these guys are still on the and team. you have a chance, and that's by far, well, everyone on that roster, but I believe more so than anyone, he wants to win a cup. Yeah, and, and if I'm Mark Stone, I'm sitting there saying, okay, so I'm going to lose out playing in... 15 regular season games, but the benefit is that the team I'm on is, is much better right. than it would be if I came back. And I think for him, then he games. would sit it out because he I, wants to win a cup. I'm like, I think for everybody, that's yeah. the answer. Like, unless you're chasing some like all time record, like if Ovechkin just needs to play as many games right. as possible to try to run down Gretzky. Other than that, like, I think that's an easy decision for a player. Now, if we were talking, an entire season. Like if they asked Mark Stone to do this, like in the third game of the season, that's a different conversation, right? You're taking away an entire year, but if he's going to be out through March, then you're talking about 15 games or so. That's, that's an easy call. If you're Mark Stone, if they come to you with this sort of plan and say, listen, you go on long-term IR team stays intact. Yeah. You don't get to play when you probably could. I'm I'm saying, all right, sit me out. Put me on long-term IR. What do you think the basis for this rule is in terms of when they get to the playoffs, oh, the cap doesn't matter anymore? Um, that is So that is an interesting question. Is why, why, why do you do that? Why does it go away? And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's, <laughs> Look what happened with Tampa last year. It could happen with the Golden Knights. If I'm, I guess if I'm other teams that this isn't happening to them, like, hold on a second. Now they don't have to deal with the cap. Now, again, if you're in that situation, I totally agree with you. I think you should cheat, not cheat the system. But you should take advantage of the system. Um, the system is there to be this, cheated. There's there, no doubt about it. It's there to be cheated. But I, it's a great question as to why the salary cap issues go away. I don't know that. Because until Kucherov did that last year, I wasn't completely aware of the rule. And then I thought, oh, that's interesting. So he can come back and they don't have cap problems. And now they're going to do it with Stone. Why? I don't think, if I remember, I don't think anybody had ever done it to the extent of the Tampa Bay Lightning, where they were like $18 million over the cap, and now the Golden Knights, they keep the roster 10. together, going to be like roughly 10 over. right? I don't think anybody had done it to that extent, but there had been teams, you know, that probably were playing with over-the-cap rosters in the playoffs, but it was probably a couple of million dollars, and it just wasn't, it was not a big deal. If you're playing a team and they're like, ah, they're $83 million and we're $81 million, right. like you're not looking around saying that's a big deal. 
But when it when it's supposed to be eighty one and the Lightning are like a hundred two, and the Golden Knights yeah. this year are going to be ten over as well, you start looking and saying, "Well, that's not very fair, right. is it?" It is. I, I mean, it seems like a pretty easy solution if you're the NHL that you've got to be cap got to be cap compliant in the playoffs, right? Or you, maybe you give them a like, hey, you get a, a two million dollar buffer or something right. like that. Like if there's some player that can help you out, but you're only two million. I don't know, but it seems like there's a pretty easy fix to this. The question is, the NHL didn't do anything about it after this last season after when Tampa the Tampa Bay Lightning it. won the Stanley Cup. I'll be fascinated to see if the Golden Knights do, in fact, win the Cup and they do the same thing Tampa Bay did. Does there become an outcry for change? Because yeah. then you're talking about if you have back-to-back Stanley Cup champions where their teams, teams way over the 10, cap. 18 yeah. million over the cap, like you're absolutely talking about a competitive disadvantage right. for teams that are playing by the rules. Yes, the Golden Knights in Tampa are playing by the rules, too. It's but, the rule. But it's a stupid rule. So, yeah, I I can't figure out the logic there. But again, if I'm the Golden Knights... I do it. There is there is no doubt in right. my mind yeah, this is what I'm do doing. It. Yeah. The, like, we've spent the entire season talking about who do you trade away? Has, yes. Riley, like, has Riley Smith played well enough that you can't trade him at this point, right? Is Shea Theodore played poor enough that you want to trade him at this point? Which position is best to lose? Like, can you trade Carlson because you're adding a center in Jack Eichel? Like, all these conversations... If you're the front office, you don't even have to have those. You don't even have to consider it because you can put Mark Stone on long-term. I feel bad now for the column I wrote on Riley Smith and my questions to him pretty much basically said, when you get (laughs) traded. (laughs) And and the funny thing is he kind of played along with it. I think Riley Smith, until this happened, said, well, guys, fun. My name's the only one who's been out there. I guess I'm getting traded. (laughs) Poor Riley Smith. Poor Riley Smith the entire year. He's like, where are we going? Like getting his his garage packed up saying, where where am I headed? So they're absolutely gaming the system, but the system is there to be gamed. Yes. The system allows for it to be cheated. Unless the rules change, then do do what you have to do to get your best team on the ice in the playoffs. Absolutely. And this team could be Really, really good oh. when the playoffs. If come he does around. come back 100 percent healthy, yes, yes, that is. And again, it, that's sort of the assumption that we're issue. making that might be a foolish one to make. Like we're talking about, their two best players might be coming back from a neck and a back injury. Yeah, this, for the these post-season. are not like, hey, I rolled my ankle and right. it's really bad. So we'll see how it plays out. But there is the chance that the Golden Knights are really, really good. Coming up next, we'll jump into the Raiders and if they should be giving Derek Carr an extension. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Welcome back. <laughs> A lot of pauses. Tomorrow, I'm going to be out of PT's pub. UNLV takes on Fresno State. Tropicana in Maryland will be there for a watch party. Come out and watch UNLV. We've got three more road games this year, and we'll be at PT's pub for all three. Fresno State, UNLV tomorrow. All right. Sunday morning before the Super Bowl, Ian Rappaport reported the Raiders are moving forward with car at quarterback and prepared to discuss a contract extension that would keep him in Las Vegas for the foreseeable future. It's a key word foreseeable. He also uh, put in his report that it could be a short term deal. The hell does that mean? Uh, it's been reported before. Um, and I know Vinny Bonsignor reported this as well. The same thing as a short term deal, which would mean, in his in his report was three years, hundred million dollars, sixty five guaranteed. Three years, one hundred million. Cars about going 33, for thirty three million about a year. Thirty three. Well, he's not going to play anywhere else if he doesn't play here. This is his home. He's not going anywhere else. <laughs> Why are you he's, giving him thirty three? Then he's going to he's going to finish uh, 
he's going to finish uh, his career with the Raiders. And if he can't finish his career with the Raiders, he's not going to finish it with anyone. Don't, that, don't that even was give the him, statement. Give him $33, not $33 million a year <laughs> if that's the case. I feel like if he's getting a short-term deal, he's getting more money, not less money. If you're going short-term, he's getting like 43 mm. not 33 why would Der- what would Der- why would Derek Carr sign a short-term deal for less money than he could get on a long-term deal? It's a great question. Like the only reason a player signs short-term is if they're getting more per year. So like thirty-three million over three years. Thirty-three would be million stupid. a year over three years. Yeah, it would be stupid. He could just become a free agent after this year and get more than that and more years. Oh, well, they could tag him after this year. Eh, but then he'll get one year for. 40, 40, whatever the hell it'll 40, end up being at being that point. The they could do that. Yeah. If they force him to play the year at 20. Are you, okay, let's say they do end up giving him any sort of deal, right? Even if it's just two, even if they just add two years, that's three more years of Derek Carr. What that means is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are effectively hitching their tenure up to Derek Carr, right? Because NFL coaches, if you suck in three years, you're fired, right? Are you surprised that they might do that? That they might say, hey, Derek Carr's as good as we can do. We're not getting any better than that. Let's just sign him, and we're riding with Derek Carr. We might get fired at the end of it anyway. I guess I'm not surprised if I believe the fact they tried to trade for him last year. Maybe they like him Maybe they like him more than a lot of people think they do. We don't really know anything in terms of what they believe of him. Now, we're going to know a lot more, I think, if they sign him to the extension and what the extension is. But, yeah, I mean, they might – Josh McDaniels might love Derek Carr. No one really knows. And if they say they know, they don't because they haven't said anything. They haven't done anything with him uh, lately. So if they want to hitch their wagon to him, like you say, for two or three more years and they really believe in the guy, then go ahead and do it. If they don't think they can do better than him – and that's the other thing about this. You know, everyone's talking about, well, trade him, trade him. Okay, if you trade him, that's fine. Just let me know who you're going to get that's better than him. So – and that goes back to my main question when – we got to the off season and the entire coaching search was happening here. What's Mark Davis's goal. Does Mark Davis want to push forward with what they have and simply try to build on last year's success, right? Or does Mark Davis look at it and say, we're not actually close to winning a super bowl. So I'm fine with the rebuild. No. And from everything we've seen, no. Mark Davis is trying to build on what they did yes. last year. And if that's what you're doing, yeah. then your quarter, you have, you have two quarterback options. Number one is Derek Carr. Number two is, can we trade for Aaron Rodgers? And that's it. There is, I guess, Deshaun Watson you could throw in there as well. But that's it. You don't have another quarterback option if you're trying to get better or at least stay the same next year. Now, if the organizational goal was to say, hey, we're not that close to winning a Super Bowl, so we're fine to sort of rebuild or go into some form of a teardown, then you could get then you trade Derek Carr and you don't really care about having a great quarterback next year. You're trying to find one for year two, three, four down the road. But from everything that we've seen, Mark Davis is trying to win this year. And Derek Carr's their best option outside yeah. of a trade. I think they're for, trying to win this year. I think right. just getting back to the playoffs for Mark Davis put him in a mood that, hey, if we can get to the playoffs with all the drama that happened with the coaching change and all the nonsense that happened, we're close. Now I don't know if either of us believe they're close. I think he thinks they're close. He does. I think that's... I, I think if he thinks they're close, then they're going to stay with Derek Carr. Yeah, and that's that's what you do if you're McDaniels and Ziggler because Carr gives you Carr gives you a floor, right? You know Derek Carr is not going to be atrocious, right? We know Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. Now, Carr also gives you a ceiling, 
Uh, you're not going to have a quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes, which is a guy you've got to chase down and try to win the division. But Carr gives you a stable floor, and it's going to be like, I mean, granted, any team can have an absolutely terrible year and just suck. But if Carr's healthy, it's hard to see the Raiders being like a four-win team, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah it's, absolutely. It, like no. their their floor is like a seven-win team, right? Assuming they don't. With com- him? Yeah, like next year, like going into next year, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they won six games or less, right? I'd be surprised if, if they were the that bad. Yes. yes, obviously injuries can do that, or they could just have a disastrous offseason, whatever. But right now, seven wins seems like the floor with Derek Carr, and if you're Ziggler and McDaniel's, I think you're kind of happy with that idea that hey. Even oh, yeah, thinking go, that they could do a lot better. Even if things go poorly, yes. we're not going, we're not a three-win team. We're right. not three and 14, right? right? If things go poorly, yeah, we might miss the playoffs and people are going to be mad, but it's still seven wins. It's not three wins. And that's what Carr gives you. Now, he does give you a limited ceiling as well because he's not Patrick Mahomes. So you're probably not going 13 and four with Derek Carr as your quarterback next year in the AFC West. That's probably not happening either, but you're somewhere between seven and 11. And if you do, if things go well, you're an 11 win team. If things go poorly, you're a seven win team. So that's sort of the, the margins the Raiders are playing with, with Derek Carr. I don't know. And it's down here because I did something like this at the Super Bowl. Could, do you believe that they could do something like the Rams did with Stafford and make the Super Bowl? Not next I don't, year. I don't think they can next year. Um, it would probably take them at least if they if they nailed everything draft and free agency. It would probably take them two off seasons to get to where the Rams are, because you think about the Rams' talent, just defensive talent. Who starts for the for the Raiders' defense? If you took any of their defensive players, who starts on that Rams' defense? Crosby. Crosby probably. And well. is that it? Comparative to the Rams? Yeah. I mean, if you just, if, if the Rams came in and said they get to take any Raiders player on defense, how many are they taking that would actually start for them? Crosby and that might be it. Like there's some other guys that would play. There's some other guys that would give them depth, but that's kind of it. Perryman would play. So that's where the Raiders are kind of far away defensively, even though they were improved last year. They still weren't a good defense this past no. season. Everyone and got excited about the improvement because how atrocious they yes, were the years before. Because the bar was so low yes. for the last like decade yes. that just being not terrible was fine. So that's they've got to hit on back to back off seasons, like four or five home runs both times to be anywhere close to what the Rams are. Now, the Bengals, I think, is a better one to look at and say, could they do what the Bengals did? Right, like the Bengals sort of won a bunch of close games in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. They got lucky because the Ravens were as injured as any team that the NFL's ever seen. Like, you get a bunch of Chiefs injuries, right? You get to the playoffs as like a ten-win team. You sneak out a division win because Patrick Mahomes played half the year, and then you win a bunch of three-point games in the playoffs. That's their path to the Super Bowl. But as we saw, the Bengals didn't even end up winning it when they did that. Yeah. So. The Rams, no, I don't think they can do that. The Bengals, they're they're better off sort of having that type of run to a Super Bowl than they are what the Rams did. Because the Rams have been, they've been like nearly perfect in roster building, right? The, every pick they've traded for players, the players have worked out. Yes. They don't have any Jamal Adams out there. They don't have any, even like anytime we've seen big name player, tra- players traded for high picks, a lot of times it doesn't work out. Guys just aren't as good as what teams thought they were getting. Hell, even Khalil Mack, you look back on it. He hasn't been as good. He hasn't been as good as what they thought they gave when they signed him to the deal.
Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Uh, David, last month I told you about uh, my car running into my house and putting Mm -hmm. a hole in my wall. Um, I'm in sort of the same boat as you and your dishwasher and that this is taking forever to actually yeah. fix. Uh, what do we think actually gets fixed first here? The, the hole in my wall or your dishwasher? I mean, I got to give you the edge. Do you have uh, like a weird attorney who lives on the 16th floor of your building who periodically <laughs> just sends you an email with the word no in it? No, I do not have that. Not all at right, all. Good. Yeah. So then uh, you probably have a slight edge there. <laughs> also, you seem like you got more urgency because you got you know, it's a hole in, in your house. So, Whereas mine is just, I have, like, if you didn't know the dishwasher wasn't attached to anything, you'd be like, nice dishwasher. And I'd be like, thanks. <laughs> so w- for some reason, like, we're waiting on permits for this hole in my wall. Mm-hmm. The guy, the, the contractor actually came out uh, last week and was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to fix the inside so that you can, you know, use the bathroom and you don't have a hole in the wall and the wall's pushed in or whatever. But we're gonna we're gonna leave the outside open and exposed so that when the permits finally go through, the inspector can come look at it, say it's good, and then I'll come fill in the drywall on the other side. I mean, that sounds like progress to me. Although, again, it's as you know, mine was, was piecemeal too. Like now, like the dishwasher is attached to the water part, but not the electricity part. This is sort of like having half of a wall, or like the part of it that you know, just not having a big. Hole. So, did you have like a hole that you could see through? No, the hole does not. The hole is really only on <laughs> one side of the wall. It didn't All puncture right, I, the other. I have other. like oh. a Bugs Bunny image in my <laughs> yeah. head now that it's like shaped exactly like you know whatever a Nissan Sentra, like just right into your bathroom. I'm glad that this is this sounds better. That, than that. would have been perfect. <laughs> so no, I do not. Um, also, uh, we can throw a third thing in here. Does the first baseball game happen before either of these things get fixed? Uh, I'm trying not to fixate on that too, too much. I, like, I think that we've got a good shot of beating that one now. I feel like I'm still sort of hopeful just because I think effective, like mostly because I think the owners are cowards. But I also, uh, like, this is it's starting to get a little worrying. Like, the fact that every proposal is still, like, they're still doing the, like, back and forth on the first insulting proposal that each party gives to each other in a negotiation. Like we should be well past that at this point. And it just seems like the owners have like a dozen different drafts of the prank proposal. You give people first to show that you're mad. (laughs) And I haven't seen much movement in like any meaningful way. Like, it seems like the the players, you can see what they're, they're trying to do, like, which is like bring the salary floors up and like help the, you know, sort of like, players getting paid the minimum, which is like more than half of most baseball rosters. And the owners just keep going back to like, they haven't, not only have they not like conceded on any of that, like they haven't even addressed it. They're still trying to like do some sort of math trick to make free agency disappear. Just, just another situation. Like you said, I, I think a couple weeks ago in the end, the owners are just going to prevail because of the owners. I mean, I worry that that's the case. I think that they, it's going to be easier for them to, you know, just sort of like, take a few months off if they need to. The thing that I don't know and that I'm curious about is like, so they're able to do that because they got the TV money, right? And so it's the regional sports networks and all of that. Those are like, so they're going to get paid for that 
to a point. And then I think there is a point where they're going to get paid less if they don't deliver some amount of games. And I don't know if it's the sort of thing where they'd be comfortable missing 20 games and not paying players during those 20 games. But like at some point, the RSN is going to start to claw back, I think, is going to start to claw back some of that money if there's a 120-game season or an 80-game season. And I don't know enough about it. I don't think anybody really does. Like, maybe the the PA knows or, you know, obviously the owners know. But that's the part of it that, as a fan, is so frustrating. It's like, I can't really tell what anyone's doing at this point. Like, I can tell what the players want. I can't tell what the owners want. And then the rest of it is a total black box. Have you? Do you think we've gotten to a point where fans have shifted more in favor of players than ownership in lockouts? You know, I was thinking about that the other day because I, I am inclined to say the answer is yes, but also I need to like make a point of reading the replies to like John Heyman tweets to remind myself that there's fans <laughs> that are not like the people I work what, with or the on, people be- I talk to. Because I think keep the answer is probably not. Right? Because before you keep going, my first thought was like, hey, I feel like I see more people on Twitter, more people that are like in favor of the players. And then I think it was a Max Scherzer tweet. He And I, I clicked on the replies and it was just nonstop. I'd play for $35 yeah. a day. like, And I was like, oh, maybe I've just created an echo chamber with my Twitter feed. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, that's obviously like, I wouldn't say it's the danger of Twitter because there's like, there's hundreds of thousands <laughs> of very obvious dangers of Twitter. And that is just like, one of the more obvious ones. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that to a certain extent, the way the owners have acted the last few years, that, like, it's hard to look at the way that baseball is now and sort of has been since they rolled the CBA over in 2016. Like, at that point, owners basically stopped paying for free agents and kind of went on this weird, like, wasn't quite a strike. You know, it was just more of like a long, weird pouting sort of ordeal. (laughs) I think at this point, like, it's pretty hard to look at the owners and be like, those guys are more like me and represent interests that are like mine. But yeah, at some point, it's like, once a guy's getting paid $40 million a year, there's going to be a bunch of people that are so mad about that and just, like, are so beat red at the prospect of someone getting paid tens of millions of dollars to play baseball that they're going to forget, you know, like, where this actual hierarchy is in terms of who's got more and who's got less. Every time this happens, I've read columns about it. Every time it happens, I'm not coming back to the game. Screw you. You know, like, you know, Scherzer, they went up to Scherzer. You make too much money, and then they always come back. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, did you see that poll before the Super Bowl where it was like, it was mostly about, like, the partisan breakdown of it, but it was like Republicans are leaving the NFL. Like, and maybe that's, maybe they're mad about it. Like, the poll definitely suggested that there was people that were, are, are like, actually really put off by that like tiny end racism at the end of the end zone on these games. And yet at the same time, like you're going to need to show me that you're actually willing to give this up before I take any of this seriously. Like I understand that you're upset and you're still mad about somebody's making too much money or like Eric Reed wrote a medium post in 2018 or whatever it is that gets people keyed up about this, but the numbers keep going up. I mean, they, people do come back and certainly for like the Super Bowl and especially these playoffs, the ratings have been bigger than they were right. at any point during my life. You wrote about Jonathan Allen and his desire to have dinner with uh, Hitler, um, yeah. which is a great sentence that I'm now going to completely ignore. In your story, <laughs> you wrote about that. You wrote, the real estate job was infinitely stranger and worse. One of the founders playfully bit me one time. 
Can you please tell us the story of how you got playfully bit? So, obviously, you write a post about an uh, NFL player uh, expressing the desire to have dinner with his late grandpa, Michael Jackson, and Adolf Hitler. You're going <laughs> to get questions. And I have gotten a lot of questions, but the one that you asked me is the one that I've gotten the most, which is like, why did a guy bite you in an office? And it's a totally fair question. The answer, as I recall, was so I was editing this guy's bio. This was, I mean, I don't need to tell you, like real estate agents are, you know, some of them are nice people. Uh, the people that tend to be those people's bosses are psychopaths. That's like more or less true without exception, I think. This guy wanted me to write his bio to put on the website because I was doing like, SEO stuff and like writing stuff for the website they had. And so I was doing it and he, I was just sort of going through, you know, being like, all right, well, like, where were you born? What was, you know, and so he was telling me those might've been lies too. And I, I asked him, where'd you go to school? Like, where, you know, do you want me to mention your education? And he was like, yeah, put that I uh, graduated from the London school of economics. And I was like, damn, you went to the London school of economics. <laughs> He's like, no, I did a summer program there. Put it. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's, well, people will ask questions about it. And, like, just because you know what, like, sort of what the campus looks like in August doesn't mean that you graduated from this extremely prestigious institution. He was like, I love you. And then he bit my forearm. <laughs> okay. But, like, <laughs> I, was, and I, I don't think it really changed what I put in the bio, but I was kind of like, this is, you know, the sort of job you leave. Okay. How much did he have to, like, lean forward or down to get to your forearm? It, it was, like... I, w I think I had my arm on his desk. Like, he was seated, and I was, like, standing, and I was, like, leaning and writing something down. So, really, he just kind of bit the first thing he saw. Like, if I'd been holding a sandwich at the time that we were having this conversation, he might have just taken a big chomp out of that and been, like, delicious. Did, did you have, like, a jacket or a long sleeve shirt on, or was this straight yes. to the skin? Okay. I had a long sleeve shirt on, but it left a mark. Like I remember, like showing it to she was not my wife at the time, but my you know we lived together, showing it to my fiance when I got home, and her being like, "So that's like straight up, this is this guy's teeth." And I was like, "Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you gotta we're getting married later this summer. We need the money. It's like the money was like twelve dollars an hour or something like that. It was just like absolute." nightmare employment scenario it got started getting better for me from there mostly because i left shortly thereafter um i hope you have more stories like this for the future i do i mean okay. the thing with this is most of the time when i write about the jobs that i had before i was writing about sports for a living it's like usually it's about when i worked at tops because that's the, that was the fun one was working in the baseball card business, working for like a bunch of uh, weird real estate hustlers in Midtown for a year and a half is not like, that's pretty much the best thing is when I got bit. All the other stuff is much less interesting <laughs> than that. Well, he is David Roth from Defector. Um, if you find him on the streets of New York, bite, bite his him. forearm. Bite him. No, uh, don't. Him, come on. Nice At least forearm. ask first. <laughs> yes. Thanks, David. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> I think, Ed, you know how we have to do the... Um, like sexual harassment videos every year. You log on, you click through and answer the questions. You're looking at me like you haven't done the sexual uh, I harassment have videos. Any idea what you're talking well, about. I'm thinking they need to add to this. Um, a biting if one. You get bite, if you get bite. I don't think I've bit. seen a biting one in there. If someone that, bites you? Where that falls on the yeah. harassment scale. I feel like that's pretty important. I feel like I should be do. watching videos. Yeah, need to know what to do. <laughs> All right, there's David Roth. Don't bite him. That's probably a bad thing. Coming up next, Stephen Ross going to lose the Dolphins? We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios.
Ed, the chicken races are happening this morning. We've already got a second place on the board. 150 bucks. Very excited for you. The other day you told me that you'd won a few, but you lost some money as well. You lost like 200 bucks. We are. We did. We did lose 200. We lost $100 in one day. But How we many chickens you up to? The first day. Uh, we bought two more um, Sunday. So I think we're at 41 chickens now. You know, I never hear about the horses anymore. Oh, we raced some horses yesterday. They completely changed the class system for the horses. So we got to run all our horses like 10 times and then they get reclassified and we'll go from there. Okay, so, so you're more interested in the chickens right now. At the moment, yes. We have about nine horses. We have 41 chickens, so, yeah. Is the original horse still with you? Uh, what do you mean the original? No, no. The The first horse we ever bought was named Heavy D, and he was not any good. What was the name? What was the one called Horse? Fake Horse? Yes. Oh, yeah, we saw Fake Horse. Okay. Absolutely. Fake Horse is a, is a Hall of Famer for us. He's in our little ring of honor. Okay. If they had jersey numbers, we'd retire his jersey number. He's great. Fake Horse. Phenomenal. So are you just like slowly becoming Farmer Tyler? Yeah, but fake fake animals. So oh, so Danny's in today. I don't know where Jared went today, but he's not here. <laughs> he he's at. Scheduled absence, so we're good. <laughs> um, but Danny's in today. Danny, you don't know about my mother, do you? I do not. Um, to give you a brief snippet, we got a picture on Sunday, uh, me and my siblings, of my mother having bought a pig. So she now has pigs, Ed. And she told us that there are three more pigs she can have if she can catch them. Now, with these pigs, is she raising them to sell? Haven't gotten that answer yet, but a little afraid to ask. But my mother... Come um, over for dinner on Thanksgiving. They might be. My mother, um, she owns chickens, turkeys, horses. Uh, I think she sold her donkeys because they were mean. Um, Goats bees she breeds dogs has cats it's kind of standard though and now pig oh cows and now pigs so i'm basically turning into my mother but like the nft version of my mother (laughs) (laughs) and how soon do these nfts become real life and you move somewhere get a farm and you start doing oh no chance manual labor is a nightmare like i grew up with my mother she didn't have all this one she replaced she had four kids when we all moved she replaced us with animals but like we had dogs right we she bred dogs while i was in high school hold way too much manual labor growing up for my mother so i my like part of my life's objective is to not do manual labor living here is amazing because there is zero (laughs) grass to cut and in mississippi that's like every weekend You got to wake up at 6 a.m. because otherwise you're going to be you're going to lose 10 pounds in sweat. Yeah, his manual skills were really put to the test when his car was going through his house, oh, and he man. tried to stop. I almost to hold got the, it. He tried to hold the back of the car as it was rolling down the hill. Yeah, I, I remember got that. It. He grabbed a grabbed the door. I <laughs> yeah. think I almost got it. It's not good. We are in total uh, positive eighty dollars on our on our just the races on our chickens. Okay, so in. It's not really a lot. We should be a lot more, but we've gotten screwed on a lot of these. We're getting absolutely hammered. What other animals are there in the game that you can race? Well, there's only it's there's two only separate horses games. and chickens. There's one game that races horses, one game that races chickens. Are there any other games where you can race animals? Because I can see you getting into it. I'm sure there are. Oh, oh yeah. Be, we'll, yeah, chickens will be followed by something yeah, else. Yeah, and sure. there might already be. And, we'll, I mean, yeah, we'll get into it if we're able to, like, yeah. get in there very early. Like, that's the good thing about the horses. We were, like, a year and a half late. Like, the horse game had been going for, like, a year and a half. The chickens, we were here at the very beginning. 
And if the chicken game is very successful, we're going to make a lot of money because we got all these chickens for relatively cheap if the game is successful. Now, is this is this real money or is it crypto money? Yeah, it's cryptocurrency. Yes. But you can turn that into real money. You can cash that out. Like, it's not yeah, just like, take me like it's not just like game. Take currency. me like two minutes on my phone if I wanted to cash it out. But yes. So. All right, then it's worth Very it. exciting. I think we got screwed. I'm going to have to go back and watch the replay here because I thought we won this race. Right at the end. And it's telling us we got second. I'm going to have to go watch the replay. I'm going to have to challenge this. Can you challenge them? No, you can't. I was going to say, well, it'd be great if you could. You'd be challenging <laughs> everything. Should be. So, yes, there's uh, there's your chicken update. We've got some more races coming, but I, they're not going to run for a little bit. I know you said you can watch the races live, and I saw your reaction during the commercials, so I, I know you were watching. Is is there, like, a chat room for all the owners of yes. the animals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, you can sell them. Yeah, it's on Discord. You can sell them to each other. You can sell your chickens to someone else. Right. Oh. There's a whole, there's a whole Discord. Them. Just about yeah. anybody who owns a chicken is in this Discord. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, there's a... 18-year-old boxer, maybe he's 19-year-old boxer, Mickey Scala. He owns chickens. So when we have Mickey Scala on the show, <laughs> you'll know why. Real or NFT? NFT chickens in, in the yeah. chicken racing thing. Hopefully we just raced against him and beat him. Also, his mother has chickens. Mickey Scala's mother has yes. chickens? I can't believe that. Yes. In these games, can you do private matches? Like no. you just hit like up you, like you owner? and Mickey Scala go one on one. No, that would be that'd great. be kind of that'd be kind of funny. Mickey, that would be fun. They'd all be lining up for Mickey Scala. But no, you cannot do just one on one races. That would be fun. Uh, just just bet just, an individual. Yeah, just person. bet an individual person. That, that would hey, be actually cool. We're racing our chickens. Let's do this. So no, but yeah, chicken races this morning. Chicken Derby. It's fun. We are actually we won fifty bucks. We're we're up like one hundred and thirty dollars now. So do you know every time your well, I'm assuming you do, but do you watch every time your chicken wins live? Yes. I've watched, okay. yeah, every race our chickens have been in, I've watched them. Because you have to put them in the race. Yeah, well, yeah, there's two of us. I have some of the chickens. Right. My friend has the other half, and we race them. But, yeah, there's been a few I've, I've clicked. I've hit the X early because we're off the screen. <laughs> wow. Because the race did not go very well for us, and we're off the screen. So you're, you're way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of times chickens fall off the screen. Like, if, there, if there's, like, a mismatch of chickens like certain chickens in the race are significantly better than the other ones oh yeah you'll fall off the screen it happens and that, do you know who the greatest chickens are hopefully it's one of ours but no not yet no, nothing is um nothing is like this is all beta so nothing's really there's like, not the evidence yet is right the there's no leaderboards are. yet not yet will there be i assume there will be at some point once this gets opened up for real yeah i just it'll be just like horses it'll be great